Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. Watching Game Time Decisions. I am Gabriel Morenzi, and I'm on the grid, and so is Joe Lisi, as we're going for two uh, right now. And don't forget, we're going to be uh, rocking with SB Nation Radio starting next week. Get on the grid, the loudest station in the nation, SB Nation Radio. Uh, Scotty Farrell, um, Coast to Coast, Game Time Decisions. When In Game Live is back, uh, when we have a full slate of games, uh, we'll start expanding things. So uh, don't forget to uh, download the app onto your phone, SB Nation Radio. Joe Lisi is going to catch up with you, Joe. How you doing? Uh, it's good, Gabe. The long offseason, huh? This is an unbelievable offseason after the NFL and the NCAA football. So uh, we'll see how it plays out over the next couple of months. But getting back to business is what it's all about. Well, yeah, yeah. You should be part of the Trump administration. Get back to business. You should be, you, Joe, you should be the college football czar. You know what I mean? Like... When people say, oh, I don't know about college football, you'll be like, oh, there'll be college football. Uh, but before we get to that, let me ask you, like, you're somebody, you love college football, like, more than anyone, you know, out there. Like, you, know, you Rich Sermonello as well. But, you know, you live and breathe college football 365. You know, you watch the NFL as a fan, you bet a bit, you're a Dolphin fan. But, you know, I know you're not losing sleep over the fact there's no NBA playoffs. You're a sports fan in general. Uh, but also... You're a guy that likes to go out, uh, Joe. You yeah. like to go out to the casino. You like to go out and uh, and mingle and and socialize uh, with people. So it's one thing not to have sports, uh, but this must really be, um, as they say in the old days, this must really be cramping your lifestyle, Easy. <laughs> Gabe, this is like I ran a trillion-dollar Ponzi scheme, and I don't even have the benefits of of, of those rewards. You're it, under it, house arrest, yeah. Because yeah. let's just let's be real, it's not as easy for you to meet women now, Joe. <laughs> it's horrible. Put it put it this way, Gabe. Last year at this time, or or a week ago, I was down in AC for the. Uh, NCAA Final Four tournament. I watched that game in Bally's and Caesars between Texas uh, Texas Tech and Purdue and then uh, Virginia, that game against Purdue. I mean, it was unbelievable in the Texas Tech game. So, I mean, it was jammed down there a year ago. And to, to be stuck to our homes right now, I mean, thoughts and prayers out to everybody. We want everybody to be safe, but we also want to get back to sports and, and sports wagering. That's what it's all about. And so we do. And let's get into the challenges. And I wanted to, you know, we'll, we'll, I want to talk about the draft coming up a little bit because you've watched more college football than anybody uh, out there. Uh, but Kirk Herbstreet was the first one, the first big guy to say it, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago. In his opinion, he doesn't think college football will happen because there's no vaccination. Um, uh, uh, professor Zola at Boston College, who's you know pretty much the biggest professor in America when it comes to sports, business, law, et cetera, out of Boston College. He said, nobody's asking me. I don't consult the leagues. But he said, I don't think the NFL or college football will be able to be played. Um, Brian Kelly recently said that Kirk Herbstreit should shut up and that he's not a doctor. And I said, Brian Kelly's a good coach, uh, but he's the last person who knows anything about uh, people's safety, if you know what I'm saying. So... It's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. I've read a lot about this, Joe. Georgia Bulldog program, they're legitimately thinking, yeah, we might not play. I read an interview with Bronco Mendelhall, who he suggests no non-conference games. Cut all that crap out, play like an eight-game schedule type thing, and it is what it is, with no fans. So there's a lot of, you know, I know it's, it's down the road and it's ahead, but for the love of God, man, that'd be like Armageddon. What a nightmare, Joe, if there's no college football for you. Uh, it would, not just for me, but just for NFL fans in particular. I mean, w think about the lost revenue for all of, not just the owners and, and the players, uh, Gabe, but, you know, the people that do work in the stadiums, ticket sales. I mean, there's a trickle-down effect and repercussions that really affect these financial institutions. So, uh, again, 
I don't think they can play unless they have everybody on board in terms of medical physicians, but I think we're still a little way out for that. I mean, we saw the models that that were uh, originally projected. They had a bigger number. Now they're starting to reassess. Major League Baseball might play a, an abbreviated type of season, or at least they're starting to talk about it. So I think college football and the NFL do have a couple of months of preparation for that. But if they do move forward, they have to make sure everybody's on board, especially from the legal effect and the, and the legal repercussions. And you know where the, the challenge is going to come into play? And I brought this up on previous shows. Like Gavin Newsom, the governor of California, stated he doesn't think uh, there's going to be sports in his state because, you know, basically team sports, essentially, that there's too many players, et cetera. I think the NFL is in a better situation in college football. Right, they don't have to worry about kids' well safety and being. They're a private entity. They're not state, you know, publicly funded like a lot of the institutions are. And they're they're only 32 teams in like 27 states or whatever. You know what I mean? I don't know exactly 27, 28 states. And also, they could sort of pull off. All right, we're just going to play in Texas. Like, the NFL could do that. They could say, all right, we're going to move all the teams to Texas and we'll just play in the Dome in San Antonio, no fans and this and that or whatever. College football, dude, it's in every state in America, Joe. Yeah. Right? It's so spread out. Unfortunately, I think, like, the virus will be. Right now, unfortunately, in you and my, our backyard, we're getting hit hard. But there's going to be other pockets of America that get hit hard over the next couple of months, too. There really are. And the traditional rivalries, I was just thinking when you mentioned that, how about Texas-Oklahoma? I mean, the Red River rivalry, that's what brings college football fans and players together is, is the pageantry and the tradition and the fans and uh, can't tailgate and they can't have the game day experience. How will that affect everyone involved as well as the play on the field? So I think you're right that the NFL can do certain things that maybe the NFL and the other collegiate leagues can't. But I still think they'll find a way to do it somehow, some way. I mean, you just look at the, the financial revenue stream, Gabe. I mean, to, to like a school like Alabama, it's like $30 million a year. I mean, just think about that. Without any type of uh, professional sports within the state of Alabama, teams well, that's like... Well, that, that's their profit, yeah, yeah, that they're making. Georgia Bulldogs, guys, their athletic program is $176 million a year. That's what they have, like that's their sort of budget that they have for all their sports. The football team generates $141 million of it. Yeah. As far as revenue is concerned, not profit, but the revenue uh, that, that, that is brought in, it goes to show, I think the number I saw, Joe, for college football, it would be $6.5 billion, basically, that could be lost across the board if you add in. Because it's not, like I said, it's not like the NFL. Like, guys, the NFL, the Jacksonville Jaguars are selling, you know, 58,000, 48,000 tickets, 52,000 tickets, and they're cheap. College football, guys, Michigan's selling 106,000 tickets. The Horseshoe, they're selling 86,000 tickets. And these tickets aren't cheap. Penn State, Tennessee, think of how many, there's like, Joe, at the top of my head, there's like 75 college football stadiums that have like 80,000 people in them every week. That's a lot of money. Yeah. And Gabe, I'll tell you this, you know, if you've taken a look at the non-conference schedule, I broke down, you know, starting for the preview, the non-conference games, week one, you have Alabama, USC. Washington and, and Washington, Michigan, 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 Michigan Wolverines and Washington. How about Ohio State and Oregon? Week number two. I mean, there are some huge games. Penn State at Virginia Tech. I mean, the list goes on and on. Texas at LSU. Just think about all the fans to watch that game that jam-packed in terms of Darryl Royal Stadium last year. Oh, and there'll be no fans, Joe. We just have to hope nah. there's games. No, I'll, as long as there's no fans, I mean, I mean, the, the financial... Uh, sponsorship will come through the TV revenue. You know, as yeah. long as TV can televise the games, I exactly. mean, I think and you the might TV not... ratings will be higher even yeah. because there's the it's the only way you can see the game. Exactly, exactly. So that that might be the way to go. And as long as there's testing to test all of these players, the quick test, that could be a way that, from a legal perspective, they get around it. As long as that's implemented. I think they have a, a chance. So I, would, I wouldn't say right now we're okay. I'd say around June 1st, though, we really need to make a decision. 
you're right. It's too it's too early to play doomsday, but it's also we'd be naive to be. Oh no, no, it's going to be yeah. fine. We don't know. How you're about right. the book, we, How about the books? That's the other thing too. They haven't made a, a dime really in terms of. They lost out on March Madness. They lost out on the NBA playoffs. They lost out on the start of MLB. They got Can the NFL imagine? draft now. That's the new yeah. one. That's it, though. I know. Little UFC action. Listen, we all want to get back to work, right? Yeah. We all, like all of us, this isn't good for anybody. This isn't good for anybody. Nobody's happy under this, this current situation, except losers that already live like this all the time. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, some guys like, but think of the irony, though. We all want to go out, Joe, and then sports will be back, and we won't go out because we're going to yeah. be watching sports. <laughs> True. We'll be stuck in our house anyway. Yeah, we'll be like, hey, you want to come out, Joe? No, no, no. Clemson's uh, Clemson's on right now. Good, Virginia. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's right. true. But at least it'll be our own. At least we'll be making the decision. We won't be forced to stay inside. So let me let's let's play. Uh, let's get into stuff that we we can talk about instead of you and I trying to project the future. Let's talk, we'll try to project the future NFL draft a little bit. And I won't put you on the spot as far as draft prop picks. So I wanted to talk about the quarterbacks uh, in this draft. Let's just sort of play word association so we can get to as many quarterbacks as we can for betting purposes. It's pretty much a slam dunk that Joe Burrow is going to be selected first overall. When I say Joe Burrow, what do you think? I think he's legit, Gabe. In my opinion, best quarterback in this draft. And if Cincinnati doesn't take him, with the first overall pick, poor decision. Joe Burrow, hands down, best quarterback in this draft. All right, FanDuel has Tua right now, sitting at over under three and a half. He was at two and a half, but it was at plus money. Now sitting at three and a half. And it is my personal belief that somebody will trade up to get him. And in fact, I think it could be your Miami Dolphins. When I say Tua, what do you think? Pick him in the late first round, a la Lamar That's Jackson. That's bold, Lacey. It's bold, but I'm not taking – I would not suggest taking Tua within the first five picks. I know he might do that, but if you're asking me, I think he gets pushed out of the first five picks. I would take him towards the end of the first round. I don't like the injury concerns. Unless I know 100%, I can't take Tua. All right, Justin Herbert. When I say Justin Herbert, what do you think? I think a perfect fit for San Diego, West Coast kid – couldn't win on the road in college in big key games, but I think he's a good fit for the Chargers. Um, now in Los Angeles, Joe. Yes, that's it's true. Been a couple of years now. Metro means business and Stan Humphreys. Yeah, Same yeah, old school. They wear the bolt. It doesn't matter. Well, we one, of, one of the greatest NFL games ever was uh, your Chargers and, uh, and and the Dolphins in the playoffs. West Chandler, Kellen Winslow, Ralph yeah, yeah. I wanted to punch Ralph Bernerski in the face for years. Tony I Nathan, watched. I favorite. remember that game when I was it was live. I was a kid, but I remember yep. even as a kid going, wow. I remember as a kid, like, watching Winslow getting carried off the field. Uh, it was a uh, you know, great, great, great game. So Justin Herbert, his prop over under is five and a half. Over five and a half is minus 192. Under five and a half is plus 190 uh, right now. A lot of people do have him slotted to go sixth uh, overall uh, in this draft. All right, Jordan Love, his prop is now 17 and a half. People are all over the place with this kid. I mean, coming out of the combine, everyone loved him. They were talking about how big his hands are, and he's a physical specimen, and, oh, he's, he's the Mahomes of the draft. Seems like people have cooled off. The media hype has died down on him, and he's fell as far as the draft is concerned because he was 13 and a half. Now he's 17 and a half. When I say Jordan Love, what do you think? Not a first-round pick. I think he's overrated. I think he's more of a second or a third-round guy. I didn't see consistency in the college game, only about a 58, 60% thrower for much of his career. I think he needs more work, for, in my opinion. So, and definitely not a first round talent at this point in his career. And we should note, you're saying what you think of the guy, not what GMs right. are going to do, right? Exactly. Right. Because, they, you know, that's it's separate when you come to betting on the yep. draft. Doesn't matter what we think, really. It's yeah. what they're going to do when it comes to betting. But I want to get Lisi's sort of opinion uh, on these guys. All right, uh, next quarterback up I want to ask you about. Kind of a polarizing guy that me and Cam talked about that I think that NFL general managers are going to like more than the mainstream people do and the media does. And I think he's going to go, uh, he'll go lower than 47 and a half. I don't think he'll still be on the board with the 48 pick. And I'm talking about Jacob Eason. What's your opinion on Jacob Eason? 
Sleeper, because I think he's got huge upside. He's 6'6". He could th make every throw, and he hasn't tested well in terms of the wonder lick. So I agree with you. He's going to slip under 47 and a half. But for me, I think he's a top 30 pick. I would take him comparable with Justin Herbert. I think he's going to surprise a lot of teams. I like Jacob Eason as a sleeper in this draft. Yeah, he makes a lot of, you know, he can make NFL caliber throws, right? They like the athletic ability of uh, maybe in the right situation with the right coach. He could be, you know, a solid NFL quarterback. I kind of agree with you that I think he is a sleeper in the sense that literally people are sleeping on him. You know, everyone talks about all these other quarterbacks all the time. You don't hear a lot about Jacob Eason. And speaking of Jacob Eason, let's talk about another guy. Of course, they're, they're always going to be mentioned together is Jake Fromm. Because Jacob Eason was in Georgia before. Jake Fromm took, takes over. Jake Fromm, Georgia Bulldog, over under 57 and a half. I like Eason better than Fromm. I'm not a massive Fromm fan. No, me neither. I think Fromm's a product of the system. He needs a running attack to be successful. He could be Aaron Murray 2.0. Yes. Yeah. Aaron Murray was the best prolific passer in Georgia history. Couldn't cut it with Kansas City. So I agree with you. I'm not enamored with J Jake Fromm in any capacity. Aaron Murray couldn't cut it with Kansas City. Aaron Murray couldn't cut it in the Alliance League. That's true. And he couldn't cut it in the XFL. He was terrible. Yep. Aaron yeah. Murray is a really nice guy. So I think coaches like him. He's a coachable kid. I think he's one of these dudes that's like a good practice quarterback. You know what I mean? In practices, he does things, but then in real game situations, it's like, why didn't you see that? Why didn't you hang on to the ball? Like, I, you know, he just wasn't any good at the pro level. All right, this next guy is very interesting, and his number's been bouncing around. It was 72 and a half, it was 61 and a half. Now it's 62 and a half, and I'm talking about Jalen Hurts. And I, I do like Jalen Hurts. I think that he's also somewhat of a project. He's a guy that you draft to have as your backup quarterback, not as your starting. He's not your franchise savior right now. But the kid is a winner. But me personally, 62 and a half, I don't think he gets drafted that high. I think, I think he does. You do? Yeah, but I, I'm not with you. I, I think definitely he's a winner. I think he's an overrated quarterback. And if you're looking at him to play quarterback in the NFL as a starter, not going to happen in my opinion. But you look at uh, Taysom Hill yeah, and yeah. you look at the versatility, people are going to say he's the next Taysom Hill, and he's not. I'm sorry. He's versatile. He's a winner. He might be utilizing some RPOs. But this kid is going to get overdrafted just because of the success of Taysom Hill. And it's just not going to happen, in my opinion, for Jalen Hurts in the NFL. Now, you know what? I actually agree with a lot of what you said there. But I think he can help a football team. You know, he is dynamic. He is fast. He is a good runner. He's a good kid. He's a good team guy. Yet he's too erratic to be a starting quarterback in the National Football League. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. You are watching Game Time Decisions. I am Marenzi. I'm on the grid, and so is Joe Lisi as we're going for two. Right now, we're talking some uh, college slash NFL uh, football as far as the quarterbacks are concerned. So, and listen, everybody's talked ad nauseum about all these guys, but let's start to get into some of the, uh, the you know, some of these other quarterbacks that people haven't talked about as much. Uh, a guy that has gotten some media hype over the past couple of days because word leaked that he did a, um, a video interview with Bill Belichick, and I'm speaking to James Morgan, and um, I guess the Colts uh, did a video conference with him. Instead, it was funny in the old days, they met or whatever. Now it's a video call, Joe. <laughs> so yeah. they did a video call with James Morgan. Morgan's got a lot of hype, though, now. Six foot four, 230 pounds, uh, tough kid, sort of, you know, alpha dog, prototypical leader, quarterback uh, type of guy. Uh, what do you make of him? Um, is, his, is he this year's Gardner Minshew 
so to speak. Is he that trendy guy or is he too trendy now? Do you like Morgan? What's your take on him? I think he's more of a third or a fourth round pick. Played with Butch Davis at FIU, and he's a winner. He, he he has a strong arm, and he led his team and has strong leadership skills. Is he going to wow the NFL on the next level? I'm not so sure. I think he's a, comparable to Jared Stidham a couple of years ago. They took Jared Stidham in the third, fourth round. I think it's the same type of pick overall. I don't think he's a first-round talent in any capacity, but a, a, a solid backup for an NFL team. Because, guys, don't forget, it's not always just the top-tier quarterbacks that end up playing, right? There's always going to be that diamond in the rough, some guy that even no one talks about even after he's drafted, and, oh, everyone gets hurt in camp. All right, listen, Minshew, and I'm not a big Minshew guy. I think he's overrated. I, I think if he didn't have a mustache, the media wouldn't pay attention to him, right? But, you know, but without being stated, you know, you know I watch, you know, I watched every Washington State game, and he reminded me of Tom Brady. In that sense. And he basically stated, I model everything after Tom Brady. And I just saw the same thing where he dropped back, bing, bing, that West Coast. And you saw he's doing it in the NFL as well. So I wasn't completely shocked. I look at Minshew as a backup, though. I didn't, I wasn't saying Minshew's going to be a star. He's Tom Brady. I'm just stating that he's modeled his game. He's a smart kid, quarterback. He, you know, coaches like him, that he would have a chance in the NFL. And I was right. This next guy, some people like... I'm not a fan at the NFL level. I think he's he'll be a backup, third-string type of guy. I'm talking about the kid out of Colorado and uh, Steven Montez. I like Steven Montez. I think he's a little bit underrated now. Again, he's, his career, he couldn't win big games. That's the one thing, you know, started fast. Yeah, hard to blame him for that, though, with the program that he was Yeah, with. true, but he, he but also... he was erratic, you're right. Right, you know, but he does have a strong arm, and I think with the right head coach... He can be a guy that can surprise some people. He's tall, 6'4". He's a mobile quarterback. He's got a strong arm, right? Yeah. Yeah, so, and he's got good size. So, again, is he going to be a first-round talent, you know, coming out in this draft? No, but if you take him in the fourth or the fifth round, he's a quarterback that I think can start in the NFL. He can challenge Gardner Minshew in that type of situation. He's almost reminds me a little like Nick Foles as well. Yeah, good comparison, actually. Yeah, I hear I hear where you're going with that. With, with the Nick, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. That's a very good call with, with Nick Foles. Um, all right, this next guy, I don't know a lot about at all, actually. And I don't want to put you in the hot seat, but I'm talking about the kid out of Chattanooga and uh, Nick Tiano. I saw, saw, saw him play a couple of FCS games. He's a good quarterback. Again, is Big he kid, six foot five? Yeah, big. And but let's look at Kyle Alata as well from the Giants, right? They took him in the third, fourth round. Again, when you're looking at quarterbacks, unless they're an elite talent, I didn't see that when he played at Chattanooga. Again, he's a playmaker, made the players around him better. But is this the guy that you want to reach up for in the third or fourth round? No, I just don't think he's worthy of that type of pick. I think he's more of a sixth or a seventh round guy and in the right system can flourish. But I would still take Montez. I would still take Eason over, over him in a heartbeat if given the opportunity. Um, Nate Stanley out of Iowa, prototypical backup quarterback in the NFL. You know, smart guy. We'll see. You know, he's going to be a later round draft pick. You know, do you see him as a sleeper? I don't personally. I do actually. Nate Stanley. Really is a sleeper, huh? I think yeah, he sticks to an NFL team, Joe. I think he sticks. Has a decent preseason if there is a preseason. You know what I mean? But right. he's a backup. He'll be on an NFL roster. Yeah, I think he's a kid that with the, a couple of years of development could be a starter in this league. He's 6'4". He, his touch, if you watch that game against USC in the Holiday Bowl, he played his best towards the end of the season, played better against some of the better teams. on. Good point, on he, he has played well in big games, right? And he this, made and big this plays, is, yeah. This factor as well, he utilizes his tight ends, Hawkinson and Fant a couple of years ago. That yeah. translates to the NFL. And how about Jake Rudock, you know, him playing in the NFL as well. So that's the comparison. And Bethard as well. Look at that. That was another Iowa quarterback. Yeah, it's he funny. For some reason, I, when I see Nate Stanley, I think he gets drafted by the Lions somehow. I just picture him as a Detroit Lions. Yeah, he can, I mean, that would be a good fit for him. I mean, depending on, upon where they go. But uh, he would be a quarterback that would be a develop, developmental guy, late third, early fourth. But he's got a huge size. Durable, too. 
All right, so this next player to me is fascinating. And I don't mean fascinating because I don't really think he's a sleeper now. I don't know what happened. I don't know if he was just a good college quarterback, if it was just he had a nice little run. But what happened to Khalil Tate? We're talking, Joe, think about two years ago when we were like, wow, we have a new college football star and his name is Khalil Tate. People were talking about Heisman Trophy when someone was went there. Kid fell off the face of the earth, Joe. Yeah, it was not due to Kevin Sumlin. It, he made very poor decisions. Last year, it started week one against Hawaii. Interceptions, rolling outside of the pocket, not being decisive, knowing when to tuck it and run, and when, when to utilize the reads and coverages to make the throws in the passing tree. So I don't know. He's regressed over the last couple of years. But from just pure athleticism, you're talking about a quarterback two years ago that threw 26 touchdown passes and was a Heisman Trophy dark horse. So somebody's going to take him, but maybe as an athlete, not as a quarterback in this draft. And take him. You can get him in the sixth, seventh round, Joe. He might be a, he might be a free agent walk-on with an NFL team. Yeah. Like, he as crazy as that is, like, he, they might be, listen, he's a good athlete. Let's give him a chance, right? We'll bring him in. Disappointing, Gabe. Disappointing. I mean, he was one of the most athletic quarterbacks in college, but didn't use his athleticism to his benefit last year, trying to force balls into coverage. Interceptions were a huge concern. Didn't even wind up starting towards the end of the year. All right, let's get to some of these other guys who I think you and I are kind of fans of. And put it this way. I like this guy better than a lot of guys that we just talked about. Cole McDonald out of Hawaii. Yeah, he's not Timmy Chang. I like Cole McDonald too. Now, big in, kid, tough kid, can throw the ball. Though, too. He's a guy that ah, was his ego, right? He's like a bigger Brett Favre or something. He thinks yeah, like he's he can. Yeah, gunslinger. He is a gunslinger. So he's a guy that's going to throw five touchdowns. Might also throw five interceptions. But if you give him the ball with two minutes left, he'll find a way to pull out the victory. Again, I don't think he's worthy of a, He might be a free agent type of guy. I don't think yeah, he'll be yeah. drafted in this draft. But he's a guy that does have some upside and can stick to an NFL team. Um, Mason Fine is pretty fine, but he's just too small. Yeah, he's way too small, too fragile. He's not a quarterback that can take the constant pounding on the next level. Put up he would have been good for the XFL. He's a system guy. Yeah. XFL, like, you yep. know what I mean? Arena League. Like, he can play, but sorry, kid. And I hate to be that guy. You're too small, but you're 5'9", yep. 190. It's not happening. Like, it's no. just not. Not, not at all. Too small, too small. Like, you know what I mean? He's definitely not an NFL caliber quarterback. Not even from an arm strength perspective. He's typical system guy in North Texas. All right, so let me ask you about this guy. Not a very strong arm. I get it. People said the same thing about Minshew, though. Right. And I'm talking about the kid that followed him, Anthony Gordon. Is it like, is he a sort of a sleeper to land on an NFL roster? Like, he, he'll be. Probably not drafted, or if he is, sixth, seventh round type thing. Maybe one coach likes him, says, I'll give the kid a chance. But will he surprise people and stick on an NFL roster, or is his arm just too weak? And, you know, that's the concern. Let's look at his predecessors before Gardner Minshew. Luke Falk and Connor Halliday didn't have that big of an NFL career, and they struggled when they got their opportunity. So, when you look at Gordon, he's a kid that, I mean, put up nine touchdowns in one game against UCLA, one of the prolific quarterbacks for Washington State. But is that a product of the system? I think the one thing when you saw We've seen, though, Joe, sorry, I just want to throw in. We've yeah. seen, remember before the system quarterbacks were like, yeah, yeah system quarterback. The Big 12 system quarterbacks have been getting a chance recently, yeah. and the Washington State guys have as well. So there might be a little bit thought process in the modern era. Yeah, without a doubt. I'll just say this about Gordon. On the road, he struggled a bit. And that's the one thing when you look at all the Washington State quarterbacks that impressed me out of all of them was that even though Gardner Minshew wasn't the best in terms of physical attributes, he found a way to lead his team to tough road wins. And for me, that was the biggest attribute that translated to the next level. So Gordon can make all the throws, but is he the next Gardner Minshew? I'm not sure, but definitely a, a solid backup in the NFL. All right, this next guy struggled at the collegiate level. Sometimes guys struggle in college, but they're actually good in the NFL. 
True. I'm talking about Lewerke with Michigan State. I don't see it. What's your take on Lewerke? Yeah, Lewerke, um, maybe a, a Taysom Hill type of guy because he's mobile and you could utilize him like a Nick Fitzgerald to to a, a degree, the way he was utilized, you know, in the XFL with RPOs. But Lewerke, but but then again, Connor Cook, I never thought Connor Cook was elite, and he got he stuck yeah, with but he didn't, he didn't stick, though, Connor Cook. He got a year at least, right? A yeah. year Lewerke, if under regular circumstances, Joe, Lewerke would be a walk-on, play in a preseason game or two and get cut. Yeah. Yeah. He'd be that guy that I'd be ripping. Oh, Lewerke threw a pick in the fourth quarter in a preseason game and cost me. <laughs> he's, a, he's a money burner. He'll burn your money. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Or against him. All right, how about this is another guy, actually, who was kind of heavily hyped, very heavily hyped at one point. And his brother basically called out, blamed, said Harbaugh's blowing Patterson's NFL chances. Shea Patterson's not an NFL-caliber quarterback, and strange that he was a very elite college quarterback briefly in the SEC, never really clicked at Michigan. And here he is now ranked 18th on the depth chart of quarterbacks coming into the draft. See, I think you take a shot on him just to put him into that type of system that he was in with Ole Miss. I mean, that five-wide type of system. Let's be well, honest. Is he like a roll-of-the-dice type guy? That has, I, think, you know yeah. I, mean? I think he's a, a sixth or a seventh round. Let's take a shot on this kid and see what we get. Because, honestly, he put up dynamic numbers when he was there in Oxford. All right. Any one of these other guys... Uh, on the board, and great job, Joe, breaking all these guys down. We got Riley Neal out of Vanderbilt, six foot six, ex-ball state quarterback, not not an NFL style quarterback in any capacity. Uh, I didn't realize uh, DeAndre Francois is eligible for the draft uh, out of Hampton now, former Florida State guy. People aren't going to be lining up for him. No, I mean he he's a guy that needs a clean pocket as well. I mean he struggled when he got pressure, forced balls into coverage. He can possibly get a tryout practice squad, but I, I just don't see DeAndre Francois translating to the NFL in terms of an elite talent. Um, it's amazing how what time can do for you. Look at Kelly Bryant at at Clemson at one point. Right after Deshaun Watson, and Deshaun Watson actually said, "This guy's better than I am." Um, at one point, Kelly Bryant, carbon afterthought, right now as well. He's too big. He's the type of guy good for the XFL. Yeah, but you know what? I think he could be a, a late round picks. You know why? Because mobility matters uh, in the NFL. You want a guy that could break contain. He's not very big. He's only six one, about two hundred and fifteen pounds, and struggle with injuries. Had a hamstring injury, and and that's why his team failed down the stretch, six and six overall. But with the right system. With a guy like Sean Payton, you know, you can find ways to utilize his strength. So I expect the team to take a shot on him in the late rounds. If Jalen Hurts will get drafted, let's say, second or third round or even earlier, I think he'd take a shot on Kelly Bryant because of his mobility. All right, we've only got a couple of more minutes, but great job, uh, Lisey. I'd love to do it again with other positions, not just the quarterback position. But you were pretty bold in stating, yeah, you think Tua should be a late first-round pick, not a top-five guy. Right. And Stewart was very bold a couple of shows ago. He said he would not take Chase Young with the second overall pick and that Chase Young takes plays off and he thinks that Young is a little overrated, that he's good, but he's a little overrated at, at the two spot. Listen, it's pretty much a slam dunk that, you know, people think he's going to go there. I don't think he does because I, I swear, Joe, I think someone's going to trade up for Tua. I think someone's going to trade up for the second pick and take Tua, and Young will fall. But what's your what's your opinion on Chase Young? What's your opinion on Cam's opinion of Chase Young? I, I sort of feel Cam's sentiment. I mean, I go back to that, you know, game, the semifinal play, uh, playoff game against Clemson with an opportunity to go to the college football national championship. And I didn't see Chase Young dominate that game. I didn't see him take the game over and really gain uh, game-changing plays I didn't see it. So I agree with you. It's one thing to dominate teams like Michigan State and Indiana and Illinois, but it's another thing to step up against the better competition. And that's what I didn't see towards the end of the season with Chase Young. So I sort of agree with Cam in the sense that he does take plays off. I mean, you can't argue. He's 6'6", 
250 pounds dominant at the point of attack when he wants to be. But can that translate on each and every down to the NFL remains to be seen. So uh, I, I sort of feel that way as well. Joe Lisi, go for the two. So are you proceeding, Joe? we got less than a minute now, but are you proceeding with your breakdowns? Because you're one of the first ones out of the gate with the week one matchups. And are you just saying, you know what? I'm a positive guy. I'm moving forward. And you're already looking forward to uh, to Navy and Notre Dame and Ireland. Although they, I not, am. they can I, I, I broke down the SEC already. 83-page preview in PDF. I'll send you a copy. I'm breaking down the Who's big Who's the quarterback now. of Michigan going to be against Washington? Well, we'll have to see. I mean, you know, uh, is it going to be Dylan McCaffrey? Is it going to be a wide-open race? We have to see. I don't know. I mean, they, I can just tell you this about Michigan. They need to get back to basics. Wide receiver, they're good, but they need to start to stretch teams vertically. If they can't run the football, they're a one-dimensional offense. Stay safe, Joe. You too, Gabe. Love the show. There's Joe Lisi with us. The Raging Redhead returns. We'll take your questions. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Get on the grid, sports grid. I am Marenzi. I'm on the grid. We welcome back the Raging Redhead Cam Stewart. Thanks to Joe Lisi for stepping up and in and uh, joining us. Uh, great times uh, running down the quarterback uh, depth chart as far as the National Football League draft is concerned. I asked uh, Joe uh, about the sleepers. We've all talked about Jalen Hurts, although uh, we've got some live movement actually on uh, on a couple of NFL draft props, guys. And we tell you guys, this all the time, but I wanted to ask Joe because nobody watches more college football than Lisi does about some of the the second tier and third tier guys in which every year there's always a diamond or two in the rough that find themselves as a starting quarterback in the National Football League sooner rather than later. So I'll ask you, Cam, about a couple of the guys because you know I know you watch a lot of college football, yep. whether you have a good feel for any of these kids. So we've talked about the big name guys, and for the record. Joe thinks that uh, the sleeper of the draft actually is um, Eason. Eason. He likes yeah. Eason. Yeah, yeah, he thinks like, and you know, I mean, we were just talking about what NFL GM guys will like. He's not lasting to 48, guys. He's going to go under 47 and a half. But uh, we both agreed. I'm not a big Jake Fromm fan. Uh, we get into some of the other guys. We talked about James Morgan out of FIU. But let me ask you, I don't like Montez out of Colorado. I'm not a big Montez fan. You? No, the thing about Montez is, very inconsistent. It was very. Take a look at the Buffalo season, Gabe. There were games that I looked at Montez. I'm like, wow, he's agile. He makes the throws. And then for seven games, he looks good. And then all of a sudden, loss, 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 three and outs, rattled, didn't look the same quarterback. It was very weird. We talk about it. The NFL doesn't want streaky guys. That's the, that's the problem. You only have 16 games in the damn season. You have to be consistent. And Steven Montez can put up good numbers, but I've also known him, Gabe, you watch him. When he's not ready to play a game or a defense comes hard at him, he throws a lot of dirt balls. He is agile. I'll give him credit, but he's a guy I don't think – he's a project. When I look at Steven Montez, I'm not going to say he can't make it, but he's a guy that you take after the fourth round and hope, you know, maybe I'll take a flyer in this guy in the fifth. You know a guy that I like, Cam, and I would like him enough to at least give him a chance. And, you know, if he doesn't get drafted, a free agent walk on into my camp – or roll the dice with the seventh pick uh, type of thing in the, you know, the sixth, seventh round late or whatever, is the kid out of Hawaii, Cole McDonald. He's and interesting. Yeah, you know, Hawaii quarterbacks, there hasn't been a good track record of them. I get it over the years. But he's not your prototypical Hawaii quarterback. Um, I thought he was a little bigger than 6'3". I think it's like one of the college. Like, I swear, like, Hawaii said he was 6'5". <laughs> 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 like, he's really 6'3". The Correct. combine, he was 6'3", 6'3", 215. It's not the biggest kid by NFL standards, but it's not small. It's big enough. He's got moxie. You know what I mean? I don't know. Maybe he's a CFL guy, but the it's kid's a, a competitor, and he's good. Like, he's good enough to play football. Like, it'll be a shame if this kid doesn't, if he's not on a football team after, because he's got heart. He's a gunslinger. 
People talk about the interceptions. Well, you know, he plays for Hawaii. Hawaii had a good year last year, too. Yeah, they, they they definitely did. You know, and another. Yeah, he was good, Gabe. He, he showed up in big games too. Remember the the Hawaii Bowl against BYU? Like the guy puts up good numbers. There's no denying that. And he also, you're going to throw more interceptions when you take a lot of chances. Yeah, that's Hawaii's the offense. All the time. That's exactly. my point. And this isn't. But there are not that many interceptions, Ken. 33 no. touchdowns, 14 picks. Not 14, bad. 14's not too bad. And remember, you're not getting a Hawaii prospect like Timmy Chang early. You know, or Cole, Cole Brennan. Brennan. No, or, no, or, he's Cole, better than these guys. These guys were like, oh, everybody talked about them. You can get this guy late, and uh, you don't have to reach for the pick. So, yeah, I got no problem with that. Uh, that kid is a definitely a competitor, and he can put up big numbers. All right, Cam. So you and I talked about the UFC um, earlier. I wanted to bring this story up, and I think you can relate uh, to this. And let me put it this way. This guy, as you guys can see, Anthony Smith. Anthony Smith's a tough guy. He gave John Jones all he could handle. Looks like Mr. Clean. Yeah, uh, gave uh, <laughs> gave John Jones all that he could handle, but he had a scary incident over the weekend. On Sunday, a man was charged after entering UFC fighter Anthony Smith's Nebraska home. Um, in an interview with Ariel Helwani, Smith said he was forced to fight off the stranger for more than five minutes. Yeah, that guy was tough. <laughs> until police arrived on the scene, the UFC light heavyweight woke up at about 4 a.m. to find the assailant uh, in his home. That he shares with his wife, his wife, his mother-in-law, and three daughters. That's a lot of people. Smith revealed that uh, the guy didn't steal anything; that he was just sort of hanging around, like in the living room type thing, sort of just looking around. Smith called it a terrifying situation and one of the toughest fights I've ever had. Um, this is what's crazy. He talks about. He goes, "No, no normal human is able to fight like that. I'm by no means the baddest dude on the planet." But he's a regular Joe. I had a hard time dealing with him. He took everything I gave him. Every punch, every knee, every elbow. He took every single one of them and kept fighting. fighting. I, know. I read that story, too. I thought it was fascinating. Also, the thing was, the guy's crazy. Like, most burglars come in quiet. You know, they look for the silverware. They look for the, you know, the goodies. This guy apparently gave, he's like, ah, he was screaming. Like, he went in their house and he was like calm in the computer room. And then he started freaking out, woke up the wife, and then he's in a fight with this guy. And he said, yeah, he took punishment. Like, he took knees, kicks, whatever. And the guy would not go down. I don't know if crack was his uh, defense or whatever. Yeah. He's on so many drugs, but uh, he hung in there. <laughs> Police did not take the man into custody. Where did they take him to? They released him on a promise to appear in court. <laughs> you gotta be kidding me! Oh, the, guy, the guy's got, walking around. Get out right of the guy's house! Oh my God! Where's this Nebraska? Yeah. Oh my God! I'm, Tell guessing, me I'm guessing he's not black. I'm guessing that. No, the white no, guy. no. Yeah, I forget his name. It was a very white name too. Yeah, yeah. It's it was like, like a, uh, it was like a German yeah. name or something. Haberman. Haberman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sounds like a pretty white, white guy. Yeah, I don't hear okay. many black guys named Herberman. Luke Haberman. Haberman. Yeah, good <laughs> yeah. job, Luke Haberman. <laughs> the thing so is, this guy he said he broke into someone else's house earlier in the night. Guys, if this guy is like whatever on enough stop that he's fighting back and going toe to toe with a UFC light heavyweight who admittedly said, I gave him everything I had, elbows, knees, punches, and the guy kept coming. It's How do they not take him into custody? Gabe, people go to custody. And you custody. and I are the most lenient cops in America. I know. I know. We oh, like guys with crack go, ah, just give us yeah, the rock and go home. I agree. Like, yeah, open, you know what I mean? Like, open, open container, yeah, it's a tough night. I understand, you know, yeah. you had a fight with your wife. But no, you cannot creep into a guy's house at four o'clock in the morning with grandma and the kids and obviously, I don't know what the hell they're doing with this guy. He's got nine lives. No, Gabe, got, that's jail time. You've, oh, got, yeah. uh, you've got grifters that linger in your neighborhood, oh, yeah. too. That's the whole thing with these guys. Yeah. They're a big dude and stuff. But, you know, number one, these guys are all crazy, right? I know. And exactly. Crazy, like I'm telling you, Cam, you know, the skinny, wiry street people. Oh, yeah. No, they're like, they hit you with an elbow. They don't feel things. Like, I, I know a dude, he got into it like this. Buddy, he got hit over the head with a lamp. He walked into a hotel room and a bunch of street, like, grifters, right out of a movie cap. He opened his hotel door, uh, bang. He got smashed in the side, they hit him with a lamp. Like, that's what I'm saying. These guys, 
it's like out of a movie, bro. Like they'll pick the computer up and smash you in the face with it and stuff. Like it's all, it's on when you go with these guys. You're absolutely right. Like they're sitting there going, wow, I should be able to take this guy down with a baseball bag. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know what kind of super drugs he's on, but so think about this, a professional fighter who's actually a good fighter had problems with this guy for five minutes. He, he had to deal with them. And that, that's very impressive. Like, I'm not going to say he was released due to his strength, but I don't un understand what these cops are doing. This guy's a menace to society, and he's almost beating up UFC fighters, Gabe. I don't, I, that is one of the craziest stories. Like, how do you not go to jail for that? You snuck into the guy's house at 4 a.m. Not even in custody. Out. Like, no, I understand, no. like, okay, being out after. They arrested him, and you know what I mean? You got to calm down. No, no, yeah. they released him after. That's nuts. I didn't even know what to, I didn't even know what to I, say. Uh, I guess we got to move to Omaha. I guess anything goes. Yeah. <laughs> John Jones is living in the wrong town. Yeah, he is. He's got like, to go to John Jones right living in Albuquerque and the cops stop him all the time. Like, hey, Omaha, <laughs> you can break into people's houses and fight. Like, it's fine. This guy's lucky Anthony Smith didn't shoot him. I agree. I'm going to say this. You're, you're living in New Jersey. Say you live on the floor, first floor. You're doing shows, you know, you have a couple glasses of wine. Night, here's some guy at the door there rattling. The first thing you do is you're looking for a baseball oh, it, bat, it a golf club. It happened in Toronto on a Saturday night. Same thing. I was doing a podcast, drinking, and some dude just came in. My door was unlocked. Oh, boy. Some guy just walked in. He was a bigger guy, too. And he goes, oh, there's the party going on. The guy started, like, busting out a bag and stuff on my kitchen counter. I'm like, bro. Who are you? I was like, you got to go and stuff. <laughs> oh, I've had a few instances like that. I remember, I don't know if you remember, in Montreal when the UFC was there and the hotel room turned into a circus with oh, UFC yeah. fighters. I do remember And that. then some guy, I was like, bro, you guys got to get out of here. And he showed me a gun. Yeah. Hey, maybe I don't want to leave. <laughs> yeah, he goes, maybe maybe we'll stay. I'm like, uh, I guess so, stay. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, like you got to watch out for grifters, even if you're a UFC fighter. Yeah. Um, it's all right. Kevin Grogan asks, who do you guys like, Tony or uh, Justin Gaethje? Tony. I said earlier, Tony Ferguson's going to win the fight. He's just, he's got a better uh, fight IQ. Um, answer, what would you give up uh, first? Drinking, watching sports, or having sex? <laughs> oh, those are tough questions. <laughs> drinking, watching sports, having sex. What would I give up first? I'd give up the drinking first. I'd probably give up drinking. I'm keeping the sports and yeah, sex. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So, I although it's not like I have a ton of sex now anyway. Yeah, so we're yeah. just talking about this with Lisi. Yeah, it's a good Think point. Think about, like, the sex game moving forward. Oh, no. It's like, it's like, it's like we're hey, done. Like, hey, hey, baby, you, you want a shot at the bar? It's like, okay. It's like, like COVID-19. Like, oh, yeah. Like, imagine like, the only people buying guy. drinks for each other. People would be like, you're going to think I'm going to drink that? Like, yeah, as if. Like, yeah, people are people would be like, get away from me. Yeah, yeah. People six are feet away. How are you going to hit on someone six feet away? Hey, baby, how you doing? Yeah, exactly. Do you want to come back to my place? Looking good. I got drinks. <laughs> that's right that's right you're they're not worried about sexual diseases anymore like you gotta you, you can't even get the first base no it's a real problem for single people All big right, problem this, this one's a very uh this <laughs> puccio <laughs> he enjoys the show thank thank you puccio you know, yeah, like, tough an idea actually i gotta come up with like a uh a bar suit yeah yeah for a bar yeah. seat yeah, I like it. Sort of like a good-looking, like, uh, hazmat suit. Like, you know what I mean? You've got your, like, uh, you know, you're sort of like a, it's like a poncho pullover, but you somehow look good. Yeah, something yeah, slick. The, the, everything yeah. on. Hey, baby, how you doing? Well, it comes with, like, a top hat and, like, yeah, it's yeah, like a... Yeah, you sort suit. of think of it like, sort of like the people that dress up like stuffed animals and stuff. Oh, yeah. The See, everyone's going to be anonymous, sort of. You're going to be, like, uh, there's actually a rise in quarantine, like, um... Uh, quarantine um, quarantine porn, quarantine sex cams, and, like, it's a sick world, Cam. You know what I mean? <laughs> chicks, like, seriously, people are paying to watch chicks in masks and gloves and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Can I touch you with my gloves? <laughs> okay, I, I accept. Yeah, yeah. Hey, the people that invested in those sex robots, who's laughing now? Uh, you bring up good points. Sex robots are hot. Like We're we gonna find out the sex robot people are behind the virus. <laughs> Man, you're bringing up some really yeah, interesting... You want real conspiracy. Yeah, yeah, oh, I'm telling you. We talked about it in shows in the past where they were getting a good sale. Now they're they're going to be selling through the roof. Excellent point. All right. Uh, all right, this one's actually... It's actually, we get a lot of good questions, but this one is really good. Um, 
if the NBA cancels the season, do they award the awards, MVP, Rookie of the Year and stuff? Yeah, I think they do. I say they should. They, they played enough to define it. They played they play past the All-Star. The Greek Freaks, play. the MVP. Yeah, for fun. No no dispute. Greek Freaks, Giannis. You take him off the Milwaukee Bucks, they're like, uh, they're a 13-win team. <laughs> yeah, oh, I know. Exactly, exactly. Uh, um, Zion rookie. came on, but John Morant's the Rookie yeah. of the Year. I agree 100%, yep. That's a sort of a battle. Zion was coming on. Who do you like, give? But, who do you give Coach of the Year to? Nick, Nick Nurse. Nurse. I do too. Um, no, you think, know, but he won't get it. He's right there. The two guys to me, it's a two-man race, and it's debatable. Billy Donovan or Nick Nurse, Oklahoma City Thunder. Yeah, Billy Donovan's done a great job. I don't. Any of them would. I, I'd accept both. I, and I, I, as I, as. As great of a job as Nick Nurse has done, highest winning percentage in NBA history as a coach, anyone has coached minimum 100 games or more, as great as he is, as Raptor fans, we can't sit here and tell people he doesn't have players. No, he does. His his players are, they're underrated, but we know Gasol is wicked, Ibaka is really good when he tries. But he also knows knows how to push their buttons. Oh, no, he's a great coach. He calls the good time. You look at Oklahoma City, like... The Raptors lost Kawhi, yes. Okay. Yeah. And it's incredible. They lost Kawhi, and they were better without him even, as far as the record is concerned. Yeah. Very impressive. But you look at the Oklahoma City Thunder, they don't have anybody, bro. That's like, true. You know what I mean? And they, they, like, to me, Billy Donovan He's done or Nick job. Nurse can't go wrong with either one. Yep. I got no problem with that. Yeah, Billy Donovan's been great. Um, no, no, no debate. Matt says, do you guys really think this is going to go on for six to 12 months with no sports? Uh, no, 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 no. They're gonna no, try. No. They're gonna try earlier. The question is, will it succeed? Yeah. They will try. They will try. Like, not gonna... We could be like we, we're probably twelve months to a year and a half away from normalcy with leagues, fans, regular schedules. You know what I'm saying? And and that, Cam, I'm really starting to believe like the NFL. I was thinking about it. They have so much money. They're they are like Dana White. They're not going to tap out the NFL, yeah. right? Like they they will find a way. They have a lot and, of pressure on them too. But they they won't be able to do it in the sense of having teams fly around the country all the time and being in airports and planes and all this. They're going to have to do the same thing. But it's it's at least it's more realistic. There's enough time to say, all right, guys, you know what? Let's start building this um, in Texas now. We're going to play in San Antonio. Let's talk to San Antonio about getting access to their dome. Yeah. And it'll be, you know what I mean? We'll roll out at the dome and maybe one other state, Florida and Texas, all the teams. You can't have the traveling. Everyone will be exposed too much. It'll take too much testing. They're almost going to have to think about that. College football, I think, is screwed, screwed. There's too many kids. It's in too many states. The NFL is different. But no, Matt, sports will be back. Look, hell, the UFC is back next week. Yeah. All right. On an Keep, island. Yeah, yeah, or yeah, yeah. Not like, on an island. <laughs> Somewhere. <yeah. laughs> That's the best. I'll buy an island. Big sure. Merce. Uh, uh, people were asking, J-Rod. What up, J-Rod? When are we going to get Cam versus Cust? Tim Anderson going head-to-head on that McDonald's 90-minute challenge. Yeah. And what would the odds be? Big Merce says Cam, minus 1,000, 10 to 1. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build and optimize lineups for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com.